Hello, and welcome to Mindful You at Naropa, a podcast presented by Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. I'm your host, David Devine, and it's a pleasure to welcome you. Joining the best of Eastern and Western educational traditions, Naropa is the birthplace of the modern mindfulness movement. Before this very special podcast gets started, I want to inform you that I traveled on site to Berkeley, California to speak with Joanna Macy herself. While there, I had such a beautiful connection and conversation with her. This is part two of a two-part series podcast. If you haven't listened to part one, please check it out. But if you have, please enjoy this episode. Thank you. So we talked about the... um spiral of the work that reconnects and then you talked yeah. about how once you dare really see and speak what you've wanted to keep at arm's length yeah. once you refuse to turn away mm-hmm. and really suffer with your world and then you realize that the world is flowing into you and the living planet becomes alive for you and then it generates for you. So that's what we call seeing with new eyes. Everything mm. looks different. Yeah. And we use practices that are inspired by what we call deep ecology, like the council of all beings, where we step aside from our human role, which is only the last chapter of our long planetary journey. We've as we know from the life forms we had in the womb of our mother, mm-hmm. you know, we had a <laughs> tail and <laughs> gills and fins. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And so that we recapitulate that ontogeny. So as humans, we're just the last chapter. It's just a little blip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so deep ecology, which sort of helps us move beyond the notion that humans are the crown of creation and that we should have special privileges and more superior and other things. And what's one of the things that I love about the Buddha Dharma is that the Buddha himself in his earlier lives, in the lore, you know, in the mythic, beautiful, deep awarenesses that come through that way of Mm -hmm. when he learned, how he learned compassion and wisdom, in his life as a tiger or as a cobra or all yeah. these other life forms. Yeah. So we practice that a lot to help us feel that we are non-separate from our planet and mm-hmm. a planet that as it grows, it reflects our more inclusive consciousness. Yeah. 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 And so then we act. So the first poem that I encountered this poet, Rilke, Reiner Maria Rilke, was for me way back when I was in my 20s and living with two of my kids in Germany. Mm -hmm. And I opened this book and I read this. I live my life in widening circles that reach out across the world. Oh, I may not complete this last one, but I give myself to it. I've been circling around God, that primordial tower, 
I've been circling for thousands of years, and I still don't know. Am I a falcon, a storm, or a great song? So that little poem has fired a couple of the practices that we do in our deep ecology work. And it gives a way of singing that inside of deep ecology, Mm -hmm. which, like the Buddha Dharma, sees that mind is throughout. You don't just have mind with humans. Mind is throughout the whole phenomenal world. And that we can become one again with our world. We don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to be in that horrible isolation of thinking we have to control everything. Hmm. We can just be an ordinary strand in the web of life. And it's so beautiful. Just that. Yes. So then another one that has caught (laughs) attention of the people in the work. Wait, Mm -hmm. I just said. He imagines that God was not a very theistic person, this poet. Mm -hmm. But if there were a God, or if there is the heart of the, like the heart of the universe, the mind. So God speaks to each of us as she makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. And these are the words we dimly hear. These are the words that the sacred can whisper to us. Mm You sent out beyond your recall, go to the limits of your longing. Embody me. Flare up like flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You'll know it by its seriousness. (laughs) Give me your hand. Well, that's been set to music. Yeah. But the idea has been for many of us, we're going out as bodhisattvas Mm because we blend Rilke with the Buddha Dharma. We can't believe he wasn't a Buddhist, but this is my larger body. And Mm -hmm. whatever happens, let it be. And you know, Buddhist practice, let everything happen. Beauty and terror. It's all part of the show. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't (laughs) let yourself lose me. Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Mm because you're here for the healing. You're here yeah. for the healing of it all. Yeah. And maybe it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you were talking about the circles, I was having this like idea of the gravitational pull of God. Oh, yeah. So the center having this quantum bending and then we're just like a marble. Just getting closer and closer and closer to the heart of God because of the quantum pull. Oh, yes. And some people 
get really close quicker because of the work they do in the lives they've lived. And other people are just so proximal and they're just like taking a really long time. Their orbit is a lot slower. And it makes me think of the beautiful powers in our lives of the distant planets like Neptune and yeah. Saturn and mm-hmm. Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was just occurring sitting here with you, that we could say that poem, Gaia speaks to each of us as she makes us. Yeah. And walks with us silently out of the dark. Like our planet calling us into being, weaving us from all the strands, beginning from the formation of the galaxies. Ooh, yeah. And that we have been brought to this time when things are really dicey. Yeah. So Gaia says to us, flare up like flame and make big shadows I can move in. So don't be afraid of making a big show because I'll be at work. Yeah. And I will work and you will just, you can be okay, catch some attention there and I'll work. (laughs) And let everything happen to you. Mm. Don't be afraid. Let everything happen. Beauty and terror. Mm. No feeling is final. Joanna, your sword is so sharp. (laughs) (laughs) You know how to cut people so good. And I love it. I've noticed that your Buddhist practice, because the work you do is really hard and not easy and not meant for most. Buddhism is a hard thing to take on as well. But the coupling of the two has made you into such a badass. You have such great discernment and you're really good. I'm feeling super energized in hope and gratitude and love and light. I feel so good right now. And it's just being in your presence, hearing what you have to say and understanding the life that you led and knowing your history just makes me feel so good for the beings that will keep coming because the shadows are getting bigger and she's doing <laughs> oh. her work. You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. it's just so good. And you know, in the work itself, in almost every workshop that I do, and mm-hmm. then those who have been taught directly by me, love to bring it, is very explicitly from the Buddha Dharma, is the four immeasurables. And that, characteristic of the bodhisattva. Mm-hmm. And this is, was right from the beginning. I was just pausing because I was thinking of the story of how the Buddha, I'll just tell it, then you can. Please. Yeah. yeah. So there are these four practices mm-hmm. that are called the four Brahma Viharas or sometimes the four immeasurables. And I love their wonderful practices. And I saw how they were being used in a big a Buddhist movement called the Sarvodhya movement in Sri Lanka, where I went to do a little over a year of mm-hmm. field work. Yeah. When my kids all finished high school, empty nest, off I went. And so then when I went back to school, I began reading this scriptures And I saw that when the Buddha gave this teaching, what the occasion was. 
And the occasion was that there were a group of Brahmin priests who didn't like it that Gautama, the Buddha, would not say whether or not he believed in a god. Hmm. He just he, he was agnostic about that. Mm-hmm. And that upset them very much because that's how they priests made their money by making rituals that only they could make. It was very expensive. Ah, yes. And they had to say the right words and often very bloody because you sometimes sacrificed mm-hmm. animals, even a horse. So these Brahmins wanted to nail him and get him to say there was or wasn't a god. Okay. And because he was, they thought, he's just slipping around. Though Gautama kept saying, stick to your experience. Don't claim things are true that you can't experience yourself. Yeah, yeah. So So they came to him and they said, oh, revered sir, by what ritual... Do you get the soul, the Atman, Mm -hmm. or Atta, to God, Brahman? Because that's where they, after a death of the father, usually they didn't bother with the mother, Mm. but you have this very expensive ritual. And they knew just to get the soul up to heaven. Mm -hmm. So they, they expected the Buddha to say, Oh, I I don't believe in rituals. They're expensive and bloody. Or he didn't say, I don't actually believe that there is a God or that I actually don't believe there's a separate self. But he didn't do any one of those. He said, you want to know? I'll tell you. And he gave these practices as the ritual of going to heaven. Okay. And these were they. It was loving kindness compassion, joy in the joy of others, and equanimity. And that was why we call them Brahma-viharas. So in the work that reconnects, or deep ecology work, we have taken these and made them into interactive practices that are so beautiful because people do it engaging silently mm-hmm. with each other yeah, and holding, learning to see a face as so incredibly precious, it's alive. <laughs> and there is in this person mm-hmm. the movements of kindness to caring, yeah. openness, power for the healing of our world. Yeah. And then not only that, but then we move, then we move around some more. And then you come to the second one. Oh, you look at this person. Here is someone who knows what it is to suffer. Mm. Even as a little child, of course, they suffered, and they know the loneliness or the hunger or the confusion or being lost or being afraid, like everyone. But this person knows not only the interfering, but the, what's, that it's happening around the world. Mm-hmm. And it gives some examples of these things. And this person keeps their eyes open, does not turn away from the suffering. Yeah. That is almost a recipe for a bodhisattva. Don't turn away from, nope. <laughs> 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 and, and then 
this person, you go to the third one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's the sympathetic joy that you, it's the best cure for competitiveness that we have yeah. been schooled in, you know. Yeah. And the same for the equanimity. What I love about the Buddha Dharma is that these methods are given instead of just in my root tradition, mm-hmm. which I honor. I honor my root tradition of yes. Protestant Christianity. It's, mm-hmm. But I honor many other traditions yep. too. And in that one, there is the oh, well, they no, they tell you to love. See, God is love. That's the great commandment. But they don't tell you how as well as the Buddhist with these. I mean, these ones that I share in yeah. the work that we can use, you find yourself loving whether you like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> and they you don't s- say you love. You fall in love. With yeah, they don't say like, this is how you love. They just say, here's some steps to work on the self. And then you fall in love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with others, yeah. with yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. I, uh, woo. It's so good. The reason I was drawn to Buddhism at my early 20s was the fact that it was so relatable. It was so easy to understand. Maybe at points it well, was hard to practice. That's good karma for you. Yeah, it might have been hard to practice. I almost became like seven different religions before I was 14. I was I was seeking something. Oh, I was, boy, you were. I was going for something. I don't know what it was. I was uh, just like, where's the spirit at? And it, and yeah. it, was, it was in Buddhism. Uh, Buddhism's where I really found it. Well, did you feel that in one of your grandparents or your parents? I don't really know. Yeah, but you, the, you, you, My, saw, you were looking for something. Yeah. We were super Catholic Oh, uh, when I was growing up, and it was the thing we did every Sunday. Oh, it's you know, I was a little lost lamb when I was... Oh, <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. I came across Buddhism and I realized the kingdom of God is within. I don't need yeah. to go to a temple. But, you know, yeah. being around community is a really good That's way right. to develop that. But when you start reading the practices, you realize it's you. It's you that needs to do it. And what I like about it. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's, for, it's for doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can say all the words you want, but unless you're are actively practicing, then it's like, okay. Yeah. And plus you have to practice it and understand it. But we have, you have, I have, we all have the same thing. We all have a brain. We all have a soul. We all have a body. We all have the mechanisms to do the thing, but it is our responsibility to do it. And so that's one thing I've been into. I think the the older I get, the more I realize, like, if it's based in truth and love, I'm into it. You know, whether it's religion, compassion, just showing up or yeah. the world. As long as it's based in these authentic qualities, I'm into it. And Buddhism well, sort has Sort of like those. that's what the Dalai Lama says. <laughs> you know, people say, oh, these very arcane practices, my religion is kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Well, I, I want to say one more poem. Please. And this is the last sonnet to Orpheus, written later, soon before he died young, but soon before he died. And it, it helps me face this dark time that we're 
in with so much unraveling and the impending collapse that people just... So it reminds me that I'm so glad to be here. I wouldn't have wanted this to happen on Earth with the humans and me not be there. <laughs> oh, I want Not missing that party. <laughs> <laughs> so quiet friend who has come so far. I'm thinking of all the eons that we've each been mm-hmm. around. Feel how your breathing makes more space around you. And let this darkness be a bell tower and you the bell. And as you ring, what batters you becomes your strength. Let the darkness be a bell tower and you the bell and what batters you becomes your strength. So move back and forth into the changes. What's it like, this intensity of pain? Oh, if the drink is bitter, turn yourself to wine. In this uncontainable night, be the mystery at the crossroads of your senses and the meaning discovered there. And if the world seems not to hear you, say to the silent earth, I flow, and to the rushing water speak, I am. Yeah. It's again, it's the beauty of our earth. We're inseparable from that. Yeah. Our earth (laughs) and the rushing water. Yeah. And got to stop the fracking. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Stop it. <laughs> There's just like responsibility. I love the self-responsibility. Yes. Holding others accountable once you've learned what responsibility means in your heart. And I mean, if everyone was set in that direction, oh, we'd just be like locking arms in a different way. We can do this. We are doing it. We can do this. We can. And I want it now. <laughs> no, but you're right. We can. And yeah. now is actually the time. Now is the time. And I just, you can see her up there on the corner of my fridge. Mm-hmm. She lives in my heart. Yeah. Greta Thunberg, she just listed her courage and she speaks it so clear. Yeah. And she says, no, we don't have time to fart around anymore. Nope. Yeah. No. No time, no time to be wasted. <laughs> oh, good. So upon my research, I started noticing the arc of your work and who you've become. And I was writing it out and I was like, how am I going to interview Joanna? Like, how am I going to do this? You've done so much in your life. And I just wanted to honor you in the way that you deserve. And I started realizing, like, you started out with Buddhism and how I see that starting out is like that's the study that's where the development of work and the understanding of how things function ultimately and then from there you kind of went into the nuclear guardianship so you became this 
empowered warrior understanding and action you were putting into action and engaging and then from there you realize the great turning so you understand how the shift of consciousness the generations are shifting and bringing to light the realization the evolution of everything and then the culmination of everything comes out to the work that reconnects so it's like you've done all this work and then all of a sudden you've come to building something to give to people and it's the work that reconnects and that's how I see you becoming and how your work flows it's not necessarily a question it's more of a noticing I would say of like Buddhism nuclear guardianship the great turning and then the work that reconnects it's like the arc of yeah and then just true a lot of people in there because always this has been from the beginning interactive, finding things, trusting that everybody is a bodhisattva, whether they know it or not. Yeah. And then inviting them to to experience and then they become as bodhisattvas, they they have lots to show and say. Yeah. So that this is the we're moving away, so I mustn't be praised for you know, as if I achieved this, because this is, we've moved, as the great archetypal psychologist James Hillman says, we're beyond the age of the lonely cowboy hero. Yeah. This time, you know, we're growing this together. We're waking up together. Yeah. It's too dicey now to trust someone who is a solo achiever. You get me? Yep. And there's so many people testifying to this. Like the Dalai Lama saying, I don't think there's not going to be another. Or Thich Nhat Hanh saying, the next Buddha is a Sangha. Ooh. Yeah. It's a community. We That's yeah. it. And that there are others. There's another phrase of putting it in a Jewish terms. We are moving Without it, we're not going to save the planet. A collective intelligence. And so it's everybody, all God's children want to have a part in the choir. Yeah. Sitting up there on the telephone wire, you know. (laughs) So the work that we connect is collectively grown. Mm -hmm. I've articulated it. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that I've had a role in it. Mm -hmm. But we don't have titles definitely and it's so beautiful as a matter of fact the adrian villa senor garazia who is taking the work among those taking the work in south america and he worked with me he met me in a course that i gave but i was the course itself was based on the work that we connects but he mm-hmm. just oh <laughs> i want to be part of that and i said well so he's translated my books into Spanish, Hmm. particularly Spanish to the Americas. And then in a piece he wrote recently, he said, people are so responding to it. It, It's because I wonder, isn't that amazing? What Can this spread in the global south when it comes from the USA? Mm -hmm. I mean, because we are the villains as much as anybody are naked militarism. And so I treasure one of the, in sub-Saharan Africa, 
there are people being trained to deal with genetically modified foods and other crimes <laughs> peddled by corporations that grew out of us and they use the Coming Back to Life and Active Hope. Those are the two books. Yeah. One published in 11, Active Hope, and the other in 14, Coming Back to Life, the updated guide to the work that reconnects. I haven't traveled there, but what they've taken the books and been trained in returning to indigenous, a kind of indigenous jurisprudence for protecting yeah. their sacred land. Mm-hmm. And so in, you know, whether it's Kenya, Ethiopia, or Ghana, or Benin in the West, or Zimbabwe, and they find, oh, this work, we love this work. Oh, we do. And they learn, (laughs) we love it because it fits, it goes with our indigenous spirituality. And they go back to the shamans and, quote, witch doctors and the traditional teachers, the wisdom keepers Mm -hmm. of their villages. Many of them, they had been working for corporations that were peddling GMOs and other forms of, you know, toxic fertilizers, all of that, which Mm -hmm. is now causing kidney disease and everything. Yeah. So they were saw themselves as shining examples of modern people, not from the village, but now we know we're part of the world. And then they saw what was happening. So they've been given these books by the Gaia Foundation, which was raised money to help train them for jurisprudence for the earth and not to buy into the extractivism and the dominant corporate so corrupt they're corrupting these people yeah i think your work has a relatability to anybody no matter kind of where you're from because it relates to the earth that's right so i'm inspired by buddhism yeah. but i you don't i'm not insisting you be buddhist not at all yeah. but i tell them but i often use words i you know what i use i use bodhisattva mm-hmm because you're here for the healing of all, you know. Yeah. And I use bodhicitta, mm. that you <laughs> in your heart is an energy and a desire for the uplift of all. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. So let's round it off. I have just a couple quick more questions for you. And I just want to know, in this moment of your life, what are some of the heart practices that you have? Like, what are some of the practices that you are doing, meditation practice, mantra practices, or just thought practices or action? Well, I do gratitude because that's part of, from the workshops, Mm -hmm. it's really leading the workshops has bred in me instinctive turn toward gratitude, which is just so wonderful. So that's a blessing I've gotten from the work. And also the Brahma-viharas that I mentioned. And a practice that is becoming, that's very generative in me, is to honor and breed my loving for the earth. And 
what has helped me there has been at the dawn of the Mahayana, uh, the perfection of wisdom, scriptures, there's a sacred figure. Uh, They didn't even have pictures of her, but they call her the mother of all Buddhas. And I've done scholarship about her and written about her. So she has kind of blended with Gaia. It's interesting. And I feel her holding me when I sit in, I was about to say by my altar, but anywhere on a park Hmm. bench or on a sub-BART system, you know, or on a bus, I can just feel held by my planet, our planet, Gaia, but also there's Prajnaparamita, the perfection of wisdom. And instead of bowing to her or kneeling before this source of all wisdom, a little bit like you felt with Panyavati. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting in her lap. Mm. She covers my back. She's shielding my back. Yeah. And she's breathing through me. So my own breath is like her breath through me. And in the workshops, right from the start, we practice feeling ourselves not just breathing, but being breathed. That's nice. Okay, beautiful. So here's a question that I thought of. A lot of people interview you and they ask you questions, but I'm curious, what kind of questions would you ask people? What do you love? Well, that was just sort of, that just came up. Because I'm curious and because I'm strengthened by other people's love. Yeah. I was just looking Mm -hmm. at Greta Thunberg and her love for the planet strengthens me. Yes. And then they're saying their love strengthens them. I see what you're doing there. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the main... I may not say it quite like that. Yeah, depending on the moment. Yeah, but I I might phrase it a little differently, but it's... But I like the technique in which you're thinking about it as... And Yeah, I'm curious, it feeds me, and and then (laughs) it also becomes a lesson Uh on loving. Yeah. You know, and then you're... It's just you were saying about the drumming and the and the hearing, and how you've loved that and had a gift for it, and you've brought it up into a art form for the service of Earth. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay, my last question. What else would you like to say to us? Final words of the podcast, maybe just saying anything that comes to mind, anything that you haven't said. Relish this day. Celebrate life this day. It feeds life to be loved. So love this life this day. It increases the chances for us all. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So that was such an honor to speak with you today. I... I I feel so full of gratitude and I also feel more empowered to show up in gratitude. So I'm seeing the work you're doing, the, the wisdom you have, and I just really appreciate you sharing with us 
and just letting us know like what's going on. It was so beautiful. And thank you so much for just allowing me to come into your space and just have a conversation with you. (laughs) So I'd like to thank again my very special guest, Joanna Macy. Joanna is an educator, a writer, Buddhist practitioner, a speaker, a nuclear activist, and her work is also taught at Naropa University in the Joanna Macy Center. So thank you again. On behalf of the Naropa community, thank you for listening to Mindful You, the official podcast of Naropa University. Check us out at www.naropa.edu or follow us on social media for more updates.